Blood is thicker than water is the phrase. Add in some alcohol and being told no, and you have a metaphorical bomb waiting to go off. Which is exactly what happened when the eldest son of this prominent family was told he could not marry his chosen bride. This event destabilized a whole country because the killer was a prince and he murdered his father, the king, and his mother, the queen, and his siblings. Or did he? There is still speculation 21 years later that it may have been a huge conspiracy and he did not commit suicide after killing his family. This is the case of the Nepalese Royal Massacre and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I am Cameron and joined with me is Mother. Hello. Did you specifically pick this one because it's to do with yes. royalty? Yes. Okay, when it happened, yes. or when this will be released, it will be a week post. Ah, but if people are Patreon listeners, they get early access. So it will actually be, you know, on point. Mm. So a huge welcome and a thank you to Rachel, our latest Patreon supporter. Hope the stickers have arrived and you're keeping safe from the floods in your part of the world. If you'd like to support us and help offset the costs we incur, that would be fabulous. Go on to patreon.com backslash M-M-O-M. We hope to see you soon. If you can't, that's fine too. We know things are very difficult, but a really nice review would go a long way to helping things. So, as Cameron just pointed out, we lost our queen this week, which is an end of an era for many of us. And it got me thinking, we as Brits have a thousand years of history with the royals and the aristocracy. And they were always bumping each other off way back when. And then I remembered this case. So, yes, we are talking regicide, which is a purposeful killing of a monarch or a sovereign. This will be the last time we mention specifically our queen dying because I'm an anti-royalist. and I don't want to talk about it. We disagree. Yes. Carry on. We don't always agree on everything. I can guarantee you that. So let me take you to Nepal, a landlocked country in South Asia, with Chinese-ruled Tibet to the north and surrounded by India on its other sides. It's probably most well-known as the nation for being the site of Mount Everest, the world's highest mountain. Any idea how high it is, Cam? Um, 8,849 metres. Oh, I've got it in foot. 29,000. I know how high that is because in September of last year, I walked the equivalent height of it in metres at the gym on an incline. Oh. So I had to work out, I had to do 443 metres per day at the gym for an average of 20 days to reach the goal. But I, I went hard and I did like 700 metres a day and I did it in like 12 days. Completely took the wind out myself with that. Yeah, I yeah, know. You wouldn't know that I know that. But yeah, in yeah. metres, 8,849. I was, I was talking about it yesterday with someone. So it's, really? it's, yeah, it's even freshly in my head. Yeah. Wow. Well, some fucked that up, didn't I? Yeah, somewhere between seven and eight hundred people each year try and climb it. Do you know how much it costs? Yes, I do. I've got all the figures, and I'm going to give them to you. As of 2021, the average cost for a place on a commercial Everest team from either Tibet or Nepal is forty-four and a half thousand US dollars. A really minimalist event could be organised for about 20,000. That's what I'd heard, the, the 20 grand. And, and the most on. cost, in, in like insurances and then paying the Sherpa. Oh, there's a lot more to it than that. The upper level, the really private, fancy, you know, where you've got your Sherpas carrying everything and you're just doing literally the walking, could set you back $200,000. Now, Everest climbing permit from the Nepalese government costs $11,000 and that's non-refundable. 
the application fee for a permit. So you've got to get a permit. You've got to get an application fee as well. I think I knew someone whose boyfriend was people that would take people from base camp to the next level. I knew of someone whose boyfriend did that. Wow. And, and that was like his job. And he was like, oh, by the way, like, I'm just, he just sort of like sprung it on us. Like, oh, I'm doing this now. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's a that's long distance relationship yeah. with a twist, isn't it? So that application fee is two and a half thousand dollars. The Nepalese liaison officer, which is a government government mandatory fee for the any team, is three thousand dollars. And you've got to pay a hundred dollars for the tourist visa, which is it's the longest one and you can stay longer than a month and it takes longer than a month to do it. The best bit, you get a refundable rubbish fee to six hundred and fifty dollars. This is sometimes refunded or part refunded if the team has left zero waste on the mountain. And I think there's about 70 bodies still up there. They use them as waypoints, don't they? Yeah. Oh, I'm walking past red guy with lunchbox. That's a specific marker. Yeah. So it's a very good earner for the country, isn't it? This sort of thing. It's also the birthplace of Buddha with a population of roughly, roughly 27 million. They're mainly Hindu speaking and worshipping, but there are many other religions and languages. Now... <laughs> the British Empire that was did have its big feet in the middle of Nepal. But after a bit of a war and then a treaty in 1816, we all became pals. And the Gurkhas still serve as part of the British Army and are very, very highly regarded, the, the Gurkhas. They, you, there's been a recent campaign as well to get them, they get a pension, a proper pension. They used to get pension commensurate with their country, but they now get a proper British pension and they're allowed into the UK. I have, a, I have a question that's slightly segueing, more so onto the case rather than Nepalese mm -hmm. trivia. Is this a theocratic monarchy where they think they're appointed by God rather than it is by a, a, a governing, they, they were elected to be king? It is considered that by the population. You've, you've taken the end of the, the podcast away. But yes, it's considered that way by the population. They believe that the royal family are demigods. Do you know who else has that? Fucking North Korea. Just saying. Oh. But the government is not run that way, and royalty is not run that way. And it, there's been—it's a figurehead position, but I'm—I'm. I'm, but they're still—you're a king and queen, bro. It's—it it gets a bit complicated how they deal with their royals. But anyway, they had a monarchy, then they got rid of it, they brought it back, then they had a civil war for ten years, and this event sort of happened in the middle of the civil war, which is possibly why some of the information is a bit contradictory and a lack of international reporters on the scene. And it's, it's, the country is now actually a democratic republic. Why was there a civil war? Oh, it was... Is it just too complicated for a true crime podcast? Yeah. I don't, okay, don't worry about it. Carry on. Yeah, I'm talking about Maoists. So Friday the 1st of June 2001, we are in the Narayanthiti Palace in Kathmandu, the capital, where the royals lived. Why can you say this but you can't say Craigslist? I don't even know if I said that right, and I did practice it. There was a party going on with about 24 or so royals and wealthy aristocrats, and then you would have had all the courtiers and servants, so a bit of a bash, as we would say. Importantly, as it was a private event, there were no royal guards present. Now, I won't use everyone's full name and titles. There is zero chance Cameron will follow it. I struggle to follow it. I, I, okay, so you put the blame on me. There's a 0% chance you can say them. No, I can say these. You'll ones, say it wrong and you'll summon something. Yeah. <laughs> right, so present we do have King Burendra, Queen Aishwara, Crown Prince... I'm not cutting that, carry on. Crown Prince Dipendra, Prince Nirajan 
and Princess Shruti, king, queen, two sons and a daughter. There was also a number of cousins, aunts and uncles and relatives by marriage there. The party started in the billiard room, with Dipendra handing out drinks from behind the bar to the assembled guests before they were due to have a civilised dinner together. Dipendra was born on the 27th of June 1971 at the Royal Palace, so he was just about to have his 30th birthday. As a crown prince, being the eldest child, he was given the best education, so he was made to be prepared to be on a world stage when he assumed the throne on the passing of his father. You're groomed for the entire process. Yes. You're not really yourself, are you? You're a, a your entire, you, Yeah, your, your entire life is planned out ahead of you. You've got, yeah. you've got no fate. Or you're not charged with your fate or destiny whatsoever. But then again, bro, I don't care because no one else has it. It's all deterministic. At least be a king. Yeah. So anyway, back to Deprendra. Um, he attended school in Nepal and then went to college at Eton in the UK. Then back to university in Nepal where he got his master's in geography and was a PhD student. He also went through military training from the Gurkhas and also underwent pilot training. He had all sorts of ecological patronages and the like, very, very similar to how our royals would do it. He was also a big sports fan, often attending events, and actually got a black belt in karate at the age of 20 when he was in the UK. So, Prince Nirajan, Dipendra's brother. I want to chuck some shade at black belts in karate. A lot of schools do it for McDojo reasons. That If you come here in three years, you'll get a black belt. So people go there rather than legit ones, I'm just saying. And if you're a king, oh. it's like Mark Zuckerberg training in MMA recently. Do you really think anyone's going to throw a punch at Mark Zuckerberg properly? I think a lot of people would like no, to. But if, but if, if, you're the, if you're the MMA coach, if you hit Mark Zuckerberg wrong, something's getting leaked and you find yourself Epstein. I'm just saying. It's the same same thing with this, like, bro. And and didn't Harry, Prince Harry, get a like a GCSE in geography and art, so he can he kind of knows what a hill is and he can draw it. That's about it. The art teacher did the artwork for him. Cheated. That's, like, that's what I'm saying. So like, but at least he got a master's degree. But eh, okay, yeah. I'm just chucking shade. So Prince Nirajan, Dupendra's brother, actually went to Eton at the same time as our now Crown Prince William. They started on the same day, although they were in different years, and they did know each other. So. Dipendra, being a crown prince, he was expected to marry and carry on the royal line. But it's also about, at this level, creating alliances and strengthening political and monetary ties. And it can be a minefield. As you said, he's got no self-determination almost, has he? In the 21st century, to, to marry someone based on alliances, we're not in like feudal France or something. I don't see why you're doing that. It's it might be different in that kind of the world. It, well, he cannot abs- he ca- absolutely cannot go down the pub and meet a nice girl called Sharon and bring her home to mum. No matter what, no. how much you want you to. No. And he did try the equivalent of that. Dipendra wanted to marry a woman called Devyani Rana, whom he'd met when he was in the UK. He had known and loved her for many years, about ten years. There are reports that they were seen at various hotels in places like Australia and stuff like that. So it was, as far as he was concerned, it was a, she was his future. But there were problems with that from both sides of the families. She was the daughter of a prominent Nepalese businessman and the granddaughter of an Indian Maharaja. But the royal family weren't keen. They felt that the Devyani's mother came from a lower class of royalty in India and her father's political alliances were a little bit iffy for them. In fact, Devyani's 
family was one of the wealthiest former royal families of India and allegedly far wealthier than the Nepalese were. And Devyani's mother actually warned her daughter that marrying the crown prince might actually mean a drop in her living standards. Oh, no. I'm now royalty. Let me play my little violin, bro. Wait, where's that fucking button? Hang on, wait. I don't know if the mic's going to pick that up. You bought me a bullshit button. Yeah. The royals wanted Dependra to marry someone from their smaller family within their own branch of royalties, and they felt that to be more fitting, and he just didn't want to. So there was a bit of snobbery from both sides, wasn't there? The night of the party, Dependra sampled too many of the drinks he was handing out and got hammered. He had also apparently been smoking a special kind of cigarette prepared with a mixture of hashish and another unnamed black substance. I've got no idea what that was. You know I don't know anything. So he's getting a bit leery. And at this point, the king and queen take him into a small side room off the billiard room to have a few choice royal words. He had a row with his mother, who told him bluntly that no, he was not marrying this girl. Then his father, the king, joined in, telling Japendra, yes, you can marry the girl, but you'll lose your place in the line of succession and I will make your brother, Nirajan, crown prince. That got all rather heated and loud, and eventually two of the minor royal cousins carted Dependra up to bed to sleep it all off. The king and queen stayed in the side room, probably to carry on arguing, and the rest of the guests tried to pretend nothing was happening at all, with the queen eventually going out into the garden, which was off the billiard room, leading the king in that side room on his own. Dependra didn't go to sleep. He rang his beloved three times. She later said he was slurring, but he said he was going to go to bed. He didn't know. He changed his clothes and stomped off back downstairs. The guests were a bit startled by his reappearance after seeing him being carted off half an hour ago, and even more so as he was dressed in army fatigues and brandishing an Israeli assault rifle. Some places say an M16, but I don't know the difference. He marched past the gathering and slung open the door of the side room where the king was still in. He fired two shots in the ceiling then aimed at his father and fired again. The king fell with blood pooling around. A courtier rushed to his side, trying to stem the bleeding from a visible neck wound. When the king informed him, he'd also been shot in the stomach. Dependra turned round and took aim at the guests behind him in the billiard room. All stood agape in horror, I should imagine. What'd they do? They were there. That was enough. They tried to take cover behind sofas which were dotted around the room or escape entirely as he opened fire again, but he killed five more people, including his sister, Shruti. Dependra had made sure all the entrance doors to the billiard rooms from inside the palace were locked. The aides were trying to smash their way in to help after hearing all the gunfire but couldn't break any of the glass on the doors. Dependra moved towards the garden on the other side of the room and finds his brother and the queen. He took aim at the Queen, his mother, and his brother screamed at him, Don't do it, please. Kill me if you want, as stood between Dependra and the Queen, shielding her with his body. Dependra shot his brother in the back, and as the Queen was trying to hold on to Nirajan's body, he shot the Queen. He again went back into the billiard room where his other victims lay, with some guests were fixated in shock. His uncle approached and said, You've done enough damage. Hand over the gun now. He was immediately shot and wounded and would die a few days later. There are reports that Dependra went backwards and forwards three times to his father to shoot him again 
and again. Dipendra leaves the billiard room and goes back into the garden towards the body of his mother and his brother. And he stands about 20 foot away on an ornamental bridge, raises the rifle again and shot himself in the head. Now, we all know I know nothing about guns, but shooting yourself in the head with an assault rifle, and I should imagine, is a little bit tricky. Well, he botched it. Maybe flinch. I have seen that. The way you have to like, reach your arm out and hold the gun is like really fucky. Yeah. You can you can do it, but it does. I've seen people do it with basically what was a musket. So if you can do it with that, you can probably do it wow. with it. Yeah. I don't I don't know if this guy was really good at basketball because I, I don't know how he did that because muskets are long. But he did. But if you can do it with that, you can do it with a. Okay. A, 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 what is you said to be an M16? Yeah. I have a question. I don't know if it's going to spoil anything. You don't have to answer. You can just look at me funny. When you said that the the brother said uh, shoot me but not mother, mm-hmm. whose account is that from? Bystanders, witnesses. Okay. Okay. Because I, I wasn't sure. I don't know who lives or who dies at this point. Yeah. But he lives and he tells people he said that. Then he fucking did it. Because suspicious that he lived. Just saying. I'm side eyeing you at the moment. You have nine people dead, with the numbers due to go up, and four others wounded who will survive. The palace goes into immediate lockdown and communications are cut and no one knows what the heck happened. Words spread fast. People overhear the gunfire and want to know what on earth is going on. The prime minister makes things worse, as they often do, by trying to calm things by making a statement, saying, According to the information we have, the incident happened by an accidental firing of an automatic weapon, seriously injuring the king, the queen, the crown prince and members of the royal family. How does it accidentally fire like 30 times? Yeah. So this has been a total shit show. Propaganda. Well, but it gets worse. This scenario of all these deaths would never have been taken into account when planning any kind of line of succession in the event of a death. So what happened was that although the crown prince had killed the king and was himself in a coma, he actually became king as soon as he'd killed his father. Isn't that Macbeth? Um, I was... Isn't that the plot of Macbeth? Or, or something happens where uh, he tries to kill his dad never or, or uncle, something drips poison in his ear. How does it work? If you're the prince and you kill the king, do you still become the king? Oh, well... I, I feel like you shouldn't. I feel like that's cheating. Because well, what happens? <laughs> <laughs> it did puzzle me. That's why I did small research and I'll explain it Because I'm not having kids because they're going to kill me and I'm not going to have any siblings. So that's why that does happen. You end up killing off your siblings because then the siblings try to kill off your kid So then and then they kill you so they become the next. So you're like, what the fuck? It is a Shakespearean That thing, is Macbeth. I'm pretty sure that's the plot, the story. I, I didn't study it, I, but I, yeah. So he held the title of king for three days before being declared brain dead, taken off machinery and dying. Now, even if he had survived... Due to the way that the Constitution had been written, he could never have been charged with killing the king. Is it some obnoxious technicality? Yeah. Be like, well, I didn't do it, the gun did it. Mm. Yeah. It, that, I, or is it something like, when I pulled it, I was the prince, but then when he died, I became king. So technically, it was two different people that did it. <laughs> Therefore, <laughs> da, 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 I, can't, I can't be held liable. It's bonkers, isn't it? So the former king, the one that's dead, um, the real one, not... Dependra. The real one. Yeah. His younger brother, Gyanendra, who'd been out of town when the massacre occurred, then becomes king. His wife and son were at the party, and his son actually helped some people escape, and his wife was injured. King Gyanendra immediately orders a special committee to conduct an investigation. Wait, can you repeat that? So, he killed the king, 
and then the king died. But I think it then falls to the prince that becomes king, or, or did it go to his brother? But you just said he was king when he was in a coma for three days. Yes, but then he dies, and he'd already killed his brother, and he had no children. So the line of succession would go to the king's, the original king's, Berendra's young brother. Yeah, okay, because there's no, there's no other line. Yeah. It, it stops, his bloodline ended, so it has to go to yeah. his like next one, the adjacent one. Yes, that's okay. exactly what it is. So this committee was, predictably, an absolute mess. It was formed of a chief justice, the speaker of the house, so a political thing, and the opposition leader, who promptly resigned his spot. So the two people investigating the most high-profile of events yet apparently had never actually been given the mandate to identify who had done it. And they came out and announced after two weeks that Dipendra had killed everyone. It seems they were not given the same powers as a police investigation and there was no police investigation. They found that the event was a private family gathering and so no security personnel were allowed inside the venue. Therefore, trying to get answers from the Royal Guards wouldn't give them anything. There were no video recordings of what had happened inside. No post-mortem examinations were undertaken. And all the bodies were cremated in accordance with tradition. The investigation team did visit the palace, but were not allowed to photograph anything. And absolutely no forensics were undertaken. There were all sorts of conspiracies thrown about. The civil war was still going on. People were arrested and then released. It was India's fault. It was China's fault. Spies, etc. There were claims that Dipendra had told his parents that he had already married Devyani in a Hindu ceremony and they couldn't do anything about it. There are claims that Dipendra told Devyani he would give up his titles to be with her, but she told him she would only marry him if she could become a queen. The astrologers had told his family, it was a big thing out there and the royals were believers, that the marriage between Dipendra and Devyani could not go ahead as it was not written in the stars. I have no comment. Yeah. Guess my opinion on, on astrology. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we know. Have a guess. Yeah. So Dipendra was lovely, kind, nice. He was cruel to animals and would shoot birds in the royal grounds. It was not Dipendra, but someone else wearing a mask to look like him who did the shootings. A cousin broke and threw away Dipendra's ventilator in the hospital and thereby killing him. There were 900 people killed in the palace that night and the purpose of the curfews was to allow the disposal of all their bodies. Milk and water supplies in Kathmandu had been poisoned to induce mass hypnosis or hysteria. It just got more and more bizarre. These are all theories. All of it was theories. Scotland Yard offered to go over and help, but they were rebuffed. So we have a situation where the main royal family was wiped out and the remaining royals take over and declare that the former crown prince, then king for a hot minute, was guilty of killing everyone. The public didn't believe it. They really didn't. Not least because Dipendra's self-inflicted head wound was located at his left temple, but he was right-handed. Plus, well... The public really didn't like the new king, nor his son, the new crown prince, Prince Paris, 
They had loved Birendra and Dipendra and didn't want the king's brother on the throne. The civil war got worse and in November of 2001 a state of emergency was declared. But in 2003, King Gyanendra took control and said that the government had failed to quash any revolts and any insurgents. But in 2006, the Nepalese government took back power from the king, making the royal family pay tax and hand military powers back to parliament. So in 2008, the monarchy was abolished. Again. Yep. Making King Gyanendra the last monarch of Nepal. So they had three monarchs or monarchies at one point, didn't they? They had one. It was abolished. Came back again. Abolished. Came back again, and then it was abolished for the, third, for the final time. Oh, but we're not. Oh, quite, okay. We're not. Fuck finished. me. Was this a pro- stop making sequels, bro? <laughs> <laughs> was this a prophecy fulfilled? There is an old legend in Nepal from 1769, when a mystic uh, met up with Prithvi, who had conquered the three kingdoms and declared himself. Monarch. The king was marching into Kathmandu Valley when he came across this sage or mystic and offered him, it said, some yogurt. The holy man tasted it and returned the rest, declaring it was blessed. There is another thing. He chewed something, spat it out into his hand and handed it to the king and said, you chew that. And the king was like, no. But anyway, unwilling to eat the yogurt that had already been tasted by the sage, the king threw it on the ground. The sage chastised the king for his pride and said if he had eaten the yoghurt, every one of his wishes would have been fulfilled. Instead, the yoghurt had splashed across the king's ten toes and the mystic said that this would ensure his dynasty would fall after ten generations. Dipendra was the tenth generation and Gyanendra was the ninth generation, so he actually became the last king of Nepal. But two decades after this massacre, some people are calling for the monarchy to be reinstated. 2021, thousands of people gathered in Kathmandu seeking an end to this democracy and a return of King Gyanendra. They chanted things like, King, please come back and save our country. We want the monarchy back. Abolish the republic. And as Cameron said, you you may have wondered why, but the Nepalese people actually thought the royal family as demigods. But there's some that still blame Gyanendra and think it's fishy because he was out of the country and should have been at the party. And the fact that his son Paris allegedly has come out and said that Dipendra was behind it because of a failed arms deal worth millions Apparently, Dependra wanted the army to have a certain gun from a certain manufacturer and the king refused to pay for it. There are dozens and dozens of articles. Each one is slightly different. Dependra turned up drunk rather than getting drunk when he was there, etc. I even ended up on a CIA site, which I will link, which gives a massive amount of information about the region and the politics. Now, what do you think, Cameron? Do you think there was a conspiracy? Do you think he did it? Do you think he killed himself? Reasons why? I think he would have done it. I don't think he would have killed himself necessarily. But then again, people people in the midst of chaos don't necessarily seem to do the most logical thing. Mm-hmm. He wants to be king. Makes sense. He doesn't want to marry the person they've laid out for him. He wants to marry this other woman. But she will only marry him if he is king. 
This again is allegedly. So it's hearsay. Yeah. From who? It's just out in the reports. She had, she did was spoken to a few times, but she's disappeared off, sort of into obscurity, but not quite. She worked for the United Nations back in 2012. Some people worked out, but she's basically just tried to keep a low profile. She's from a very wealthy, very wealthy family from India, etc., yeah. isn't she? So. She can do what she likes. She's not doing anything for money. No. She's doing it for political positioning, yeah. basically. Um, I think the nation, or some of the nation wanting back their monarchy is an astroturfing attempt rather than being from a grassroots cause. People actually wanting it. They're sort of the media or whatever who, for whatever reason, might have incentive to want the monarchy back. They're going to astroturf it and say people want it back because then some people start agreeing with it, whatever. Uh but it already got abolished, so that if that was the brother's idea, then he didn't exactly safeguard himself for it happening. He didn't set stuff up in place. It could just be a prince who got a bit got a bit drunk, pissed off, started to kill everyone. Then, well, if he was smoking whatever this, so I I, I googled black black drug smoke basically. Yeah. <laughs> with whatever keywords I can find on Google when you were talking, one of the things that came up with I, I thought immediately was black black tie heroin, but that wouldn't yeah. have been that because oh. that, that would be the sedative almost. Oh. Right. Um, and then I was thinking, well, what can make you aggressive or act out? What's what's a psychotic that can cause it or something that's going to cause like hallucinations? And I was like, PCP maybe, but that's white. That's not black. So I don't know. Yeah. Again, this is all it, it, allegedly. It's, it's all utter speculation. I've got yeah. I've got no idea. But it, it's how's it any different than some change a couple of names, change a couple of nationalities around, and it's a Game of Thrones plot. Isn't it? Robert Baratheon wanted to. He had to marry one of the Frey girls. He doesn't want to do it. He marries one of the the common girls up from whatever. And then Frey gets pissed off, kills everyone involved, blah, blah, blah. He can only do it from the backing of Tywin Lannister because powerful. Um, if that's the case, then I guess she, the woman that um, Dipindra wanted to marry, yeah, would have been equivalent to like, the Lannisters because they have more money than him, but she would only marry them if he was king. So it's like, eh. There's, like, there's connections that can be made. But again, they're all just leaps and speculations. There were so many... Um... Him shooting himself in the head when he is right and left-handed doesn't necessarily mean anything because you don't know what part of their culture is where they do certain parts with their left hand versus their right. Exactly. And secondly, I'm ambidextrous where I'll do I'll like write with my right hand but if I need to hold something steady, it's with my left. So, That's exactly what I... I and I, I, eat, think I eat backwards. I have a knife and fork in the wrong hand. I always do that. So I don't think that stands out. And if you've just done something like you've massacred nine people or apparently 900 people... Barry, who cares what side he read you shot yourself in? I think... Why was there no guards as well? Why was there no guards? Because it was a private... Uh, they didn't need them. They don't, just... Don't fucking matter. I, I know it's a private party, but are you then telling me that within that, there aren't people of keeping your enemies closer, that something could, something funky could go on? I'm having someone somewhere with an EpiPen in case someone spikes me or something funky. Just in case. Do you know what I mean? You have, you have that set in place. You have, you have people that are plain clothes bodyguards or, or plain clothes... Because that's what happens. If you're a king, you've got people that want to kill you for reasons. In this case, it's actually his son. So why wouldn't you have guards? Okay, if you're the prince, why wouldn't you be like, you know what, Dad, I'm having guards in my home just in case. I would assume that the guards were supposed to have, the guards would have been fully armed. So having uh, a guard play a courtier or, or a servant wouldn't have actually worked because they couldn't have had a guns. Well, you, you tell me, man couldn't be strapped on the sneaky. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It could be. I also as well. The, the thing is, that and sorry, sorry, they're going through a civil war. So, yeah. are you telling me that some people in there won't have political motivations to be uh-huh. the ones to do it? Like, mm. if, of course you would. Of course you would have. You, you should have had that there in the first place. Unless it turns out that the brother sent a fucking bank transfer to all the guards at the time, like taking like off boys. Do you know what I mean? Apart, apart from that, they would make they would make no other sense for that. We'd have found out if they'd have let bloody yeah. Scotland Yard go over and help but them. It, it makes sense not to have a. Um, 
foreign national thing come in and then in, and then stick their nose in your business if, okay imagine if we had that or something funky happened with our monarchy and you have like spain be like okay and they want to come in no you can't have that like we're already like nah sorry thanks we don't worry about it i don't know i mean a lot of countries call in people from like the fbi for certain um when certain things happen in their own countries because they want their expertise no they um, probably want their export so they're motivated to be like oh the um hegemonic superpower of, of the of the world america yeah you can come in sure we don't want to oh fuck S- suddenly we've got oil on our land oh we're gonna get bombed yeah come in um i think it's one of these truthfully uh, it, he'd been he'd known or had a relationship with deviani for 10 years and i suspect this argument had gone on for nearly enough 10 years he might have been told in the beginning wait till you get to 23 wait till you get to 25 and then it just it just exploded and he's going to be 30 in a couple of weeks and the public were of i mean i remember it happening over here when's charles going to get married i know uh, I, I know he was kind of in a hard place where he he doesn't want to marry this other woman because she's like a, a good royal lion he yeah. doesn't want to marry her because he's not in love with her this other person's from a, a lower caste in india but still obviously bro you're, yeah. you're one of that one of the richest businessmen or whatever incredibly powerful family yeah. in its own right regardless of whatever um, royalty you may or may not come from but from the, the Nepalese royalty side might be like oh well they're not royal so you can't marry them even though they're more powerful because they have money mm-hmm. and they didn't want to do it because it might be a, a lower standard of living but then surely then you could then leverage that with like various trade deals with then like Indian royalty and Nepalese stuff so it might be good for the Nepalese or it might be good for the Nepalese economy I know especially India are you kidding me they're like, like the, the second biggest like market to consume things like bro you, you you telling me you you like you couldn't have exported some shit, imported some stuff? Nah, you could have done it. I think it's one of these ones that we will never actually know the truth, um, except the fact that people died. Um, Deviani actually got married, um, so she 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 did okay. The palace is now a museum, and when I was doing the research for this, <laughs> you may know this one. I had the film King Ralph going round my head for the whole of the episode. No, he's looking blankly at me. It was a John Goodman film from 1991. And the premise of it is that the entire British royal family is electrocuted and killed in a freak accident outside Buckingham Palace without having a, a royal portrait taken. And after days of searching, a living heir is found, which is this American Ralph Jones. And I actually think it's a really good film. I think it's a feel-good film. Isn't that what accidentally happens in Johnny English and he somehow becomes the king? I don't know. I've never watched that either. I don't know. I don't know. I I just googled it and yeah, John Goodman. But I I had this. I had this going round my head. I had John Goodman marching through the middle of my head while I was trying to research this. I couldn't help it. So that's the end of this week's episode. But finally, the victims who should not be forgotten and who shall not be pronounced properly. I'll try. Birendra, fifty-six. His father, Aishwarya, fifty-one. His mother, Nirajan, twenty-two. His brother, Shiruti, 24, his sister, Shiruti, 51, an uncle, Shanti, 60, an aunt, Sharada, 59, an aunt, Jayanti, 53, a cousin, and Kumar, 59, an uncle. I know this episode has been a lot of speculation, but it's not the same as leaping it open-ended. No. Because we do have the conclusion of who did it don't necessarily understand the motive why but you never do i no. guess unless they literally say this is why i did it but even then can you believe them exactly so that is the end of the podcast thank you very much for listening again if you're on patreon you're better than everyone else 
you can find us on Twitch and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast and email us at murdermemondaypodcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next week. Much love. Peace. Bye. We ear up. We ear up. I'm going to narrow narrow Yanthi.